Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to be included on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for uh, small business, sales, leadership, uh, and that is really because of the guests who join me uh, to have a conversation. They share their expertise on their particular area of um, business knowledge with all of you. So you can take the information you need and you can apply it to your business so that you can be more successful. Today is no different. Today my guest is Bill Bice. Bill is a serial entrepreneur since the age of 14. Having built or invested in over 25 companies, Bill is passionate about enabling smaller businesses to more effectively compete with their larger competitors through effective marketing, particularly word of mouth, and therefore accelerate their business growth. Bill tackles marketing as a technology issue and will explain how this can be done effectively. Thanks so much for joining me today, Bill. Diane, it's great to be here. It is great to have you here. I, uh, marketing is such a big subject for uh, all of uh, my listeners, and I am curious, from your perspective, uh, what the most common mistakes are that you see people making in their marketing. Well, the two big ones, I mean, the, the number one mistake that I just see over and over again is, is people say, well, this is marketing, and therefore it's about me, and and that's the mistake. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about you. You know, 90% of your marketing should be about the challenges that your audience is having in their lives, their businesses, their careers. And, you know, 10% about what's happening in your company and what 
client or project you want. The, the more insight driven and perspective driven your marketing is in terms of what your audience cares about, just the, you know, the more effective it is. And then the, the second biggest problem, and this is particularly difficult in, in, in small businesses is, is consistency or the, or, or the lack of consistency. Cause what makes marketing work is committing to a strategy long-term and, and doing that hard work day in and day out. And it's, you know, and it's really tough, particularly for small businesses, you tend to focus on marketing when things are slow and then they pick back up and then it sort of goes by the wayside and it just creates this cycle over and over again. If you're serious about growth, you've got to keep that focus on your marketing. Yeah, it's so great. And, and I am so glad that you uh, brought up those two things and that we're talking about this because I agree with you and, and not just in people's marketing, but in their selling they think it's all about them as opposed to the person who they're talking to. So that totally resonates with me. And uh, boy, I don't think we can say it enough that people have to stop uh, thinking along those lines and, and doing things that way. Yeah. I want every prospective client that you sit down and have a conversation with, I want them to be better off because they had that conversation, whether, whether they ever buy anything from you or not. They, I mean, we, we talk a lot about word of mouth because it, you know, it's the one form of marketing that just always works. And if you take that approach, it turns every relationship that you create, every prospect that you talk to into a, a source of future referrals because you've, you've helped them. You've, you've brought perspective to them that's valuable. Right. Exactly. Okay. So talk to me about marketing techniques that these folks can use to avoid those pitfalls of in, that they are currently doing with their marketing. Yeah. So the, when, when you really get down to it, cause what, what we're talking about is, is, is content driven marketing. And, uh, and so I'm going to use a lot of examples out of, out of B2B because that's, you know, that's where, uh, where I specialize and, for B2B marketing, your, you know, your foundation is, is really straightforward. The centerpiece is the website. We use LinkedIn to, to build a, a larger audience and email marketing to, to nurture prospects and stay top of mind with, with that whole audience. But all of that, all those channels are being driven by the same steady stream of, of content. And so this is another 90-10 rule, which is 90% of the effort needs to go into creating great content. 10% is about the, the tactics and strategies of, of how to distribute that, which is important. And, and following that data is, is, is really important. But if, if you don't have a method of creating that steady stream of great content, then, then none of this is going to work. And and that's the really hard part. And I've, it just never works to do it internally. The, the ideas are there. You know, I, we, we can sit down with the, the, a small business owner or a CEO and in half an hour get enough great ideas for six months of editorial. What I really recommend is finding that resource that already knows your industry inside and out and can, and can put that content together for you so you're not sitting there staring at a blank screen. So we've, you know, we've got a network of 300 subject matter experts, which is how we get it done. There's just, I've never seen any other approach. So we, we got to tackle that content piece in order to make this work. Yeah, that's so interesting for me because I think that is one of the biggest struggles uh, for small business owners is really being able to find someone who understands their industry well enough that they can 
go ahead and just create content without the owner having to be so deeply involved in that conversation because they've got other things they should be doing and they're probably not necessarily good content creators. Exactly. You, you have a business to run. The only way this is going to get done inside and out is, is you either build a team internally, which is difficult in a smaller business to do. I mean, it's difficult even in a large business to do. Uh, just, just getting this, getting this done is, uh, you know, takes, takes a lot of execution bandwidth. So the best way to do it is, is to find somebody who's good at writing, who comes out of your industry or the, the industry that of, of your audience already knows it. You're, I call it the copywriter problem. You don't, you don't want to take somebody who's really good at writing that last week was working on a car dealership and this week is going to figure out, you know, your niche enterprise SaaS solution. It's just a, you're going to spend all your time educating as opposed to actually getting something done. Yeah, I get that. That's so interesting. So how do they find, I mean, so that, that assumes that there are people who come from their industry or come from their target audience's industry who um, can write and who are accessible as that um, resource. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, that makes sense. How do I find that person? Are there directories or yeah so there's, there's a lot of, of uh, online marketplaces now so it's, it's much easier to find the talent the it's really the the process around that so we when we when we start working with a new client that's in a new area where we don't already have a subject matter expert then the first thing we're going to do is is put a creative brief together of the the first couple of articles that we want and that's essentially the, it's the idea that we're capturing from the business owner. Here's the core idea we want to communicate. Here's the three to five bullet points that, that we want covered. And then we're going to go try three or four different writers and see who can, who can really do that. And one of the things that we have learned is that it's one thing to get the expertise, which is, uh, you know, difficult in its own right. And then it's a whole nother challenge to really get the voice right. So we've, we've split that up. We look for an expert who knows the industry. And, and then we have a team of editors that are really good at, at taking that content and matching it up with the, the voice of the, of the company or the CEO. Because trying to find one person who can do it all is, uh, is, is really challenging. Yeah. So yeah. We, you have to go through that effort in order to find it. I mean, it's, it, it's been one of the hardest things about our business is getting, is getting that to work well. I'll bet. I'll bet. It, it, that voice thing is, is huge. And I would imagine one of the tricky, uh, probably the trickiest part of the whole thing to get the owner to feel like this, whoever's writing for them is really speaking uh, in their voice and their, um, uh, the word's totally escaping me that, that I am looking for, but just in their belief system. Yeah, getting, getting, the, getting the voice right, the tone right is, is really tough. It's always the hardest part of, of starting a new project. But the, the benefit of doing that is that once, once you've got it down and you've got a process around it, now you get this steady flow of content. Because the other alternative is, is you say, oh, well, I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, I've never seen it get past the, the first article. 
So yeah, we sit down and write that first one, but you know, we need, we need a top, we need at least two really great pieces of content every month, month in and month out forever. And making that commitment as a business owner to do that, it's just, it's not the best use of your time. Right. Exactly. Right. And they all know it because as, as, much as they want to do it, they know it's the thing that takes the back seat when it comes up against everything else that they have to do. Yeah, you've, you've got employees to pay, you've got clients to take care of, and that's, that's always going to take priority. But once we have that in place and we've got really great content coming in, then what we can do is, is distribute it across all three of those channels and the, particularly if you tie all that together, so I'm, I'm really big on the, on the customer journey and understanding how is the content that we're putting out, how's it creating engagement, is it pulling people deeper into our, our sales funnel? And to understand that, you've really got to tie email and LinkedIn and your website together. And so, for example, we want to see out of the traffic that's coming to our website from our emails, how are people then using the website? If we've linked all of our content together, the email is really just a starting point. And then we can see what's really interesting people by, by following their, uh, their journey on, on our website once they get there. And there's just so much that we learn out of following that data. That's how we can really iterate on the content and keep getting, you know, getting better week after week. Okay. That's interesting. I like that about connecting all of these things together um, so let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn. Um, how do you see that, especially I would say probably in the B2B space, how can it be used as a primary tool for business growth? Yeah, it, it should be, uh, it should be a primary tool. I mean, LinkedIn has just exploded over the last 18 months in terms of, of the amount of time the users are spending on LinkedIn. So if, if your prospective clients are on LinkedIn, and so for in B2B, then they, they absolutely are there. It can work in some uh, B2C scenarios also. So if, if your target audience is there, however much time you're putting into LinkedIn today, you, you should be putting in more because it's by far the easiest way to grow your audience and, and, and get people understanding the, the value that, uh, that you bring. And I think the perfect analogy to LinkedIn is to, is to look at it as a, as a networking event. It's, it's like the ideal networking event. You get to invite only the people you want to meet. You don't have to eat high calorie, uh, horrible food while you are there. And you should treat it the same. You should go there not to immediately launch into a sales pitch, but to grow your network and meet people and build a relationship. And just like at a networking event, you're there to meet anybody who is a good person to add to your network. And so you should do the same thing on, on LinkedIn. So our, our goal when we're running a connection campaign on LinkedIn is, is to do, get really good at queries and sales navigators so that we're really getting to the right prospects and then send out 40 to 50 connection requests a day, every single day, and then follow that up with, uh, so that, that initial connection, I mean, we all get these things that are really sales pitches and that just, that just doesn't work. You've, you've got to come in with this desire to, to grow and help your network. And one of the best ways to do that is to follow up with every accepted connection with an additional message that includes 
whatever your best piece of content has been that once again, it's, it's not a sales pitch. It's something that's really bringing insight and perspective that's, that's helpful to your target audience so that they get a real benefit from reading that content. And, and that's how you start the, the conversation with them. I love that. That is so great. Okay. So, so in keeping along these lines, what principles from the challenger sale can be helpful um, in improving marketing? Like, and once again, especially in the B2B space, do you think? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the challenger sale. You know, the, the research that Gardner did, it came out of the fortune 500, but we, we have seen it be amazingly successful in, in small business. And it, it, and the reason I keep saying, you know, insight and perspective all the time is because that's really what the challenger approach is. So the, the benefit you have is you're working with hundreds or thousands of, of businesses that, that are alike, that have the same problem. That's, that's your target audience. And so if you take advantage of that, the perspective that you can bring because you have that that much wider experience than what one business owner or one CEO or one decision maker can have in their one business, that's where the real value comes from. So you already understand the problems they're they're facing. That's what's driven the creation of, of your product or service. So turn that into that insight that really uh, that really helps that prospective client. So they're better off because, because they read your article, because they met, they met with you. That's really the, the challenger approach. And what it does is it creates sales opportunities. I mean, if you just want to be an order taker, that's great. But if you want to go create sales opportunities in this day and age where our prospects are so much better educated and have so much information available, we really got to decide, do we want to be part of teaching our audience or are we going to let somebody else do that? And this is how we create new opportunities. It's by going out and, and teaching our audience. That's fabulous. I, I really, and, and I, I'm so glad. I know I said this before and I'm probably going to say it again. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because everything that I hear you talking about is about being of value to someone else, about putting them, you know, thinking about them first and how you can add value and how you can help them as opposed to thinking what is the best way for me to get the point across that they should be buying my product or service yeah that 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 is that's such a such a great way to to put it and it you know the the hard part about this is it 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 does take a real commitment to take this approach like you know I, i don't believe that there are miracles in marketing it, it really requires that you pick a strategy that you believe in. It's not something you can test for a month or two and, and say, hey, well, does, does this work? And it's not that you won't get results and, and directional data from that. But my advice is, is commit for a year and say, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it because I can see the proof points and how well it works for, for other businesses. So this you know, this isn't something that we're inventing. Our, our whole approach has been to follow the data, see what works for, for larger companies, for innovative companies, and take that and, and how do we make that something that's realistic for, for a smaller business to do. You know, one, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Steve Jobs saying that, that uh, you know, good, good artists 
steal and great art, sorry, good artists copy and, and great artists steal. I think I flipped that one around. We're gonna have, we're gonna have to fix that one. The, the, there is a good point in there though, which is we wanna learn from the best in the market and then, and then make it our own and, and, really, and really own it. And th there's no reason, you have larger competitors spending millions of dollars figuring out what marketing works. Let's just learn from them and put it to work for ourselves instead of running all those, all those experiments when, you know, when you're spending your own money and you really need ROI on that marketing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is, this is great. I just, it, it's such a great, and I think um, it makes it easier for people to actually do. I think part of the problem with this old belief system of sales and marketing is that people find it, really uncomfortable because we're raised not to talk about ourselves, not to brag, you know, to be modest, whatever. And so then we turn it around and say, okay, now you own a business. Now you have to do these things. It, and it, and it just doesn't feel right. So we don't do it or we do it poorly and then end up getting the exact opposite of what it is we are looking for. So, you know, this, what you're talking about feels so much more comfortable and easier to implement because, it's it's more uh, on a giving level as opposed to a getting level. Yeah, and, it, and it's really great for uh, for companies where the where it's not a sales driven culture. So in consulting firms, professional services, this is a really great fit because all you're really doing is is expanding your uh, area of influence and helping a, a wider group of people. So we just want to take something that, that already works well. So if, if you've, you know, I always look at it as you've already done all the hard work. You've created a great product or service. You're taking care of your clients. That's generating referrals. You just need more of those referrals. And now we live in an age where amplifying that effect of word of mouth is so much easier because of what we can do with social media and email marketing and constantly putting new stuff on our, on our website. It's just, it is it's so much easier to get that, that engine running. Right, exactly. You know, I consider okay, the audience a, that, that a business owns to be the, the most valued, undervalued asset in, in every company because this group of people that you can talk to over and over again without having to pay anyone is just an amazingly valuable asset. It's just you've got to put it to work in the, in the right way. And, the, you know, the corollary to that is don't spend a dollar on paid advertising until you've picked all this low-hanging fruit and you – and you have this marketing machine in place so that you're leveraging every lead, every referral that comes in, you're following up on every single one of those leads until all that's in place. You shouldn't be spending any money on, on advertising. It's all got to go to creating this foundation. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. Hang on one second. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to continue this. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Do Business Better by Damian Mason and Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams. 
So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Bill Bice about using word-of-mouth marketing to grow your business. So I, I find this so interesting. Before the break, we were you were talking about how you shouldn't do any paid advertising until you've done the word-of-mouth marketing and you know uh, so much more about your audience. And, and it's funny because I think most marketing companies tell people, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to create these ads on Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, and we're just going to get you in front of your target audience that way. So how come that isn't the what, – I mean, why – what is it about that that you think is not the first line? Go give us a little bit more about why that probably is not the best process. It's the classic putting the the cart before the horse. So one of the things, if you're if you're in the business of 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 helping small business with their marketing, one of the most frustrating things is that when you're really successful and you drive leads to a, a small business, most the vast majority of them are not that good at taking those leads and turning them into sales. Yeah. <laughs> We have to tackle that first. There's no reason to create more leads if we don't have the process in place. And, and so if you have a sales team, part of this is just the human psychology. Like if I'm a salesperson and I don't see a commission check in this particular prospect in the next 60 to 90 days, I'm probably not gonna put a whole lot of focus into, into following up with them. And yet the, there's a great chance that they're gonna be a really good prospect six months or 12 months from now. So we need to put the foundation into place so that we're, so we're doing three things really well. We're, we're capturing all the referrals and leads that are coming to us. We're following up with all of them. So we need marketing automation in place. So that every new contact we're making, we're automatically telling them the story of who we are and why we're passionate about what we're doing. And then three, we need to stay top of mind with this larger audience that, that we're now very effectively growing. So as a, as a great example of this, so like, getting people to use CRM is, I'm a huge fan of CRM, but getting people to actually use it is, is, uh, you know, is almost impossible. So one of the things we do, we, we created a product called Mailbox Mining, that what we do is monitor the email box of everybody who's client facing in your company and pick out everybody you're talking to and go add them to your email list and to your CRM. Because just by capturing that audience and then regularly talking to them, really wonderful things happen. So we need to do all that first because otherwise spending money for leads, it's, uh, you know, you might as well like YouTube burning the money and hoping, hope that video goes viral because that's, you know, that's about the effect you're going to create. That's so great. Okay. So let's talk about word of mouth marketing. Um, I think people have different, definitions of what that is. So I'm curious what you mean when you say word of mouth marketing. So what I want to do is, is take that thing that's already working, which, which requires that, that, that all the hard work has been done. You, you have referrals coming in. You just want to have more of them. And if that's the case, then if we focus on creating social currency with our audience, give them reasons to talk about us. So you're, you may think that your clients spend all their time thinking about you, but they probably don't. 
And if you do a good job of, of feeding them useful nuggets so that the next time they're at, uh, at lunch with a peer and the issue that you address comes up and they just got an email a few days before from you that's talking about something that really, you know, is really relevant and hits on that. Well, you just created a referral that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And if you're constantly posting on LinkedIn and keeping those business owners apprised of, of things that are really useful to them, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're giving them social currency to turn around and talk about you. And it turns all kinds of additional uh, referral sources in, into referrals. So a lot of businesses, uh, you know, a ton of referrals come from, so in professional services, a lot of other service providers are often the best source, source of, of referrals. So let's build a list of, of who those folks are. If you get a lot of referrals from accountants, from lawyers, let's look at it from their perspective and keep feeding them things that are really useful to them and helping their clients. That, that creates a, a steady flow of referrals. And so it's just taking those things that are already working and, and putting them on steroids by, by leveraging the new channels that we have available now. I really like this because as you're talking, what I'm hearing is that instead of just um, creating uh, like a call to action sort of message, it sounds to me like what you're talking about is really doing the, um, the investigation in a company to really find out, okay, who are you in front of consistently? Who are you providing a valuable service to? Who are they potentially talking to? And, and what ways can you be in front of them where you are still providing them with valuable information and are top of mind? That, that's what that's sounding like to me. It, it is. One of the pieces of, of data that came out of the Challenger sale that I thought was so compelling, which is that, that you know, what they label as, as Challenger reps who who take this approach, exactly what we're talking about, who are willing to, to push a little bit on their clients in, in order to, to have them look at things differently, is that those top performing sales reps, they spend a third of their time building their own marketing material. But imagine how much better a place the, the company is to create that same sort of insight-driven marketing if you leverage the experience of all your sales reps and the whole rest of your, of your team. So not only are you giving your best sales reps more time to sell. You're also enabling other sales reps to take more of a more of a challenger approach. Yeah, that's great. I, I can totally see that too. That 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 the top people are because they're just making it happen and they know who they're talking to. So and they, the they know what to share with them. Exactly, they're on the front line. They really understand what's going on, and the company is feeding them things that are all about the company. And yeah. they know that what's most effective is to talk to that prospective client about the challenges that they're having. Yeah, right, right, exactly, yeah. Okay, and you also say that marketing should be tackled as a technology problem, and I would love it if you would expand on that. Yeah, so what we're talking about is a discipline here where, uh, I mean, marketing, that's something people go into because they don't want you to understand what they do. And it has long, you know, marketing as a discipline has just long resisted attempts at scale and efficiency. But particularly for a small business, if you're really going to make this work, there, there has to be scale and efficiency involved. So we got to put technology to work. 
But at the same time, one of the big issues in a small business is you don't really have the, the expertise and time to go implement, you know, 20 different tools in, in order to, to make this happen. So that, that's really the, the problem that I found very interesting because I've, you know, I've, I've founded and invested in a lot of companies and, and the marketing is, is I mean, that, that's the hard part. And go to market is what determines whether you get the, the success that you deserve. And it was just always such a struggle getting that to, uh, to work well. It's why, it's why I decided to tackle the problem. And so the, what, I, what I mean by technology is, is not that we're going to, because what you say and the expertise required around that is absolutely critical. But if we don't have technology, then we're not going to get the scale and efficiency that's going to get us an ROI out of this. Okay. So, so you can't, okay. Uh, how do I want to ask this question? Um, so if anyone's listening and they're thinking, oh, well, then all I have to do is create an automation system where I'm just constantly feeding information out into the, um, you know, digital sphere or whatever, that, that it sounds to me, is insufficient, that, that it is not just about doing that, but the technology is a big part of the process and the system for making sure that you have consistency. Yeah, we, we have to tie all the, I mean, what we see in, in, in following this across uh, hundreds of small businesses is that we got to tie all the pieces together. So we got we to have the starting point of, of great content. We've got to be able to efficiently distribute it and follow up on the analytics. And, and we, you know, we actually have sort of the, the opposite problem today, right? There's the, the famous quote of, of, I know half my advertising is wasted, I just don't know which half. And, and that was a lack of information. Today, we've got the opposite problem. We, we have too much information. Yeah. And, and so it's how do we, we, we need to, technology has to be applied to this problem also so that we can turn all that data into information that we can make decisions on and particularly iterate on what's really creating engagement and, and, and working with, uh, with our audience. So we, we got to tie all those pieces together, the content, the delivery, and then, and then the follow-up in order to understand what's going on. And, and automation is really the only way we can get enough efficiency to do this day in and day out in a way that, that is cost-effective. So if you have the desire and you love the technology, then you know, putting the time in to, uh, to, to buy the tools and build the nurturing campaigns and tie it into your website and tie all the analytics together, um, that's absolutely worth doing. But if that's not what your expertise is, it's still absolutely worth doing. You just need to go get somebody to, to do it for you. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. And, and I would imagine that regardless of whether it's something you enjoy doing, someone else should be doing it for you instead of you doing it. Yeah, I mean, there are rare people that just love doing that and they want to spend their, their nights and, and weekends uh, working on it. But I would argue that the value you can create in your business is so much higher. And, you know, the advantage I have is I do this over and over again for business after business. So, of course, it becomes much more efficient in order to implement the same process and approach multiple times. And right. 
we ended up writing our own automation platform around this because we just couldn't get all the pieces put together in the right way without without doing so. Yeah, well, and, and as you said, it's because you are consistently doing it so for different companies so you can see where that where those gaps are and then how to plug them in where if someone's doing it just for themselves, they can't they don't have that they're, they're not seeing that scalability, they're not seeing that repetition of the same problem in a couple of different ways to be able to see there's a solution to it, I would think. Yeah, what I love about, about what I do is I get, I get to leverage the data across several hundred small businesses, which means I, I see those problems and I see the trends so much more quickly than, than you ever can uh, operating just in, in one business. Right, exactly, yeah. And, and one of the things I love about this is that it really is data-driven. It, re- it really is about doing the investigation and not just, uh, creating the same thing uh, for like every company or, or having a small business owner say, well, this is what other people are doing in my industry and it seems to be working for them, so I'm just going to do it when their audience could have completely different needs and interests and in information. Yeah, and one of the traps that you have to watch out for is a uh, there, there's a lot of, of – marketing options out there that are prepackaged content. We're gonna, because the hard part is the content, we're gonna write content once and then reuse it over and over again. And there's probably cases where that works, but the, the kind of higher, you know, higher value businesses that, that we work with, that just is, is never gonna work. You're never gonna match up with what your audience really cares about. You're not gonna communicate what really makes you different if, if you're, if you're taking that approach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there just there isn't a I, shortcut to creating great content. You just have to do it, right? And I think the audience sees that a mile away. I think they can tell when it's content for content's sake, as opposed to this is something I can connect to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. This is really such valuable information. I, I so appreciate it. Will you um, tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, whatever you've got going on, please? Yeah, and so we're, we're actually a great example of, of exactly what, what we're recommending that you do. We, we eat our own dog food. So you can go to boomtime.com and, and see how we do it. Look me up on, on LinkedIn. It's Bill Bice, B-I-C-E. Um, I love talking to business owners about their marketing. You can reach out to me at CEO at boomtime.com. And I'm, I'm now following in your footsteps. I've, I've started the B2B word of mouth marketing podcast where we, we lay out exactly what you need to do in order to run a marketing program like this. And I want to see as many small businesses doing this as possible because this is, this is how you, this is how you compete with the big guys. Yeah. Well, good for you. Congratulations on the podcast. That that's a wonderful thing, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, that is great. Thank you so much. And listeners, I really hope you were paying attention to what Bill was saying. I mean, the good news is you can listen to the episode again if you need or want to. Uh, but really, take it seriously. Give it a ton of thought. Reach out to Bill um, to you know, really explore what you can and should be doing with your marketing. It'll be so much more effective and so much easier for you to do. 
and uh, would like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. To get a free trial of Audible.com, as well as a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Full send with the driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. No matter which shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them all. The all-new TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern, engineered for more distance, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.